Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod and I are back on We Want Winners, our live stream recap of the 49ers and Seahawks. And it was, uh, we'll start with, the the 49ers won the game. Let's put that out there. But we're going to have to start with this Trey Lance situation because I think that's kind of the big story. It even overrides what they did on the field because he, you know, this is sort of their, it's QB1 and, all the things they were going to be able to do. So we're, let's start here with with Trey and Rod. We're both big Trey guys. We know the that there, there's a high ceiling for him, and you know maybe the floor w- w- was possibly a little lower than we thought. But you know, heading into Game Two at home, Seattle's a really good opponent for him to kind of get his feet wet. And in the first quarter he basically fractures his ankle as his foot was sticking the wrong way for sure on what was I think there was a a couple of options on that play and he decided to take it up the middle and run and uh, just you know this is what what happened last week it's what we were kind of worried about the him running into linemen and linebackers and and getting hurt and that's what happened sort of our, our worst nightmare became a reality what is your thought on uh, what happened and, and how it happened? Well, I've got lots of thoughts. Um, I actually was behind watching the game. Fortunately, I had it recorded. So, you know, I've been trying to track, you know, to try to just keep up with what's going on in the game. But got sidetracked on a lot of conversations on Facebook about this situation. And I'm going to start with an analogy that I think is very apt here. I buy a BMW mm-hmm. and you ask me, what are you going to do with that BMW? I'm going to go drive it on the Autobahn. Rod, it's too dangerous to go drive on the <laughs> Autobahn. But guess what? That is what I bought this car for is to do that. Right. You don't draft a quarterback like Trey Lance or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. And then, as the fans on Facebook are saying, don't run the ball. I mean, as I saw in camp, when you were putting in quarterback power um, or the quarterback um, running package, quarterback power was a big part of it. In between the tackles, there was some option, there was some RPO, but it was clear the quarterback power was going to be a big part of the offense. It comes down to, I see it as a philosophical thing. You know, some people are just risk averse. They don't want, you know, it is it, it, again, people say it's risky. I would argue that there's no empirical data or even anecdotal data that a quarterback is safer inside the pocket than he is outside the pocket. I would argue that 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 particular injury could just as easily, you can get rolled up, you know, in the pocket. Um, Taking, you know, you can make the argument that being outside the pocket makes you, you know, you 
it's possible that you take more hits and you know that we could argue that another time i over the over the overarching thing the overarching feeling i have is it's it's a feeling of kind of mourning not necessarily mourning trey which i'm you know it sucks for him that he's hurt and probably you know yet another season um you know with just whatever however many snaps he had this season but more so mourning what i felt could have been and saw the beginnings of i i just i don't see how anybody could argue the fact that the offense is just more dynamic with him in there and it affected the way the defense had to approach the offense with just the threat of him and we really hadn't saw the um deep game you know unfold but even his critics had to um acknowledge that that was probably the strongest part of his game so it's a morning of those things not being coming to fruition you know um stink said on the broadcast you could basically just throw that stuff out of the playbook now so what we're left with is what we had before and again i'm not a jimmy hater i really i really am not it's just that the the ceiling is so low with him and it just it, it just it just feels the offense has always just felt kind of like a slog like you know you have to fight for every damn thing there's just not there's you know he's not going to give us any explosive plays you you can just forget that it's just well, it's, i mean we we saw we saw the second half which yeah. is which is what happens uh, all the time in the second half okay let let, let me okay yeah let i'm me, sorry let I me went, i went no, on no 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 you no you're fine but i want to take something that you said you you compared uh, Trey to Josh Allen to Kyler Murray. You said Lamar Jackson. I, I think Josh Allen in week one, he had five runs. And I don't know how many of those runs were him making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler last week, same thing, five runs. Trey had three runs already by the time he got hurt. I don't have a problem with him using his legs and then them using him as a weapon. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it was too it was way too often especially early in the ball game because when if he is uh, as fresh of an athlete as he seemed young legs third and fourth quarter when the defense is tired a little bit then you're like okay like he he can you know he's going to surprise somebody and and he's got fresh legs and he can break something but so early in the game when the other parts of the running game were working now i will caveat this by saying the reason why some of those parts in the running game were working is because of the threat of him running as well so that all kind of coexists and, and works together but they have uh, such a creative running game with him as the quarterback because they can run different things and the defense has to kind of wait one Mississippi before they just break because they don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. All of that stuff is pro him being QB. I just don't know if I wanted to see him run so often and be that being such a major part of what they were doing because just the threat of him seemed to be enough to offset the defense. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, so much of, you know, there's a, there's always a lot of criticism of, it's not just Kyle, any play caller at, at all levels. I've seen it. The play caller, whatever he call, if it doesn't work, it, it's, um, hell, I even mentioned that you saw that, last week with Nathaniel Hackett, he's a damn head coach. And he's like, <laughs> well, it, it was a bad call because it didn't work. Well, yeah. that, I, I, so it, that frustrates me. So when you, when people get so result oriented, as opposed to process oriented, mm-hmm. there are definitely, I believe criticism. You can criticize Kyle. One thing I find 
fault with is that sometimes it seems like he is outsmarting himself. It's yeah. like he's in his head and he's calling plays and he's calling counter plays to the play that he just called. And he's calling counters to the counter to a counter to a play that he, you know, it, it kind of can get and, and I understand when you're on a play sheet like that, it can you can start playing games like that. So uh, to answer your question, what I don't know, I don't know what he's seeing in the defense that makes him want to call that quarterback power so often so early i don't know if there's a read that he's getting from the defense that he feels like he's he's got something that that he can exploit there or is he calling it because he is thinking plays down the road where if i that calling this here sets this up sure later i mean i i just don't know that was something that people talked about you know with all our play calls, Walsh, they talked about the 15 plays on the script. Well, he would, you know, he, in his book, he talks about, you know, you know, basically he doesn't call them throwaway plays, but, but essentially throwaway, he's running this play, not that he's necessarily thinking that he's going to, you know, hit it for something big, but that this play sets up, something else that he has in his back pocket yes, yes. on down the road. So if he shows the defense X, now they're looking for this. And yeah, now I know, yeah. And now that I know that I'll be able to run Y or Z on down the road because they are scheming for this play. So I don't know that, but I, you know, we had talked, we've talked about in the group, or at least I have, um, the thought of maybe Debo kind of being on a pitch count. Maybe he's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for your quarterback. You, you know, you want him involved, but you probably want him involved in in as, in as limited a basis as possible. Right. I don't know. Well, that's that's all for not now because <laughs> yeah. you know the, the quarterback run package is you know is scrapped. But um, yeah, it's 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 just unfortunate on so many fronts. But the conversation I think is germane because you know Trey's not going anywhere. So this is a conversation that you know clearly is you know tabled until next season but you know the the notion of how he is deployed is something that for as long as he is a quarterback in this offense is going to be something that is you know something that's going to be debated yeah so i think the it's not even really a counter to the kyle stuff but he looks at it very much the way that you just said it, because right after the game was over, they asked him, you know, about about that play. And he he said, yeah, look, there's an option there. Like Kyle, uh, Trey, Trey doesn't have to run it. Like Trey has a couple of different things to do. But he also said, it's a football play. We would run it again. And obviously... He wishes he could take it back because the player got hurt, but that is just in their playbook and it's in their package for, for Trey to, to run that play. So he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't believe that this was any fluky play call or that they were overly relying on him to run the football. So he, it sort of backs up what you said. Uh, And he was a little defensive. So somebody said, you know, it's second and eight, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, what does it matter if it's second and eight or second and four? And he said they had just run that same play three plays earlier when Debo went 50 some odd yards. So uh, he's going to be second guessed. It's his job, you know, to get second guessed that he's a professional football coach of, of, uh, of of a big time team. And it's, you know, Football NFL is the biggest TV show going. Yeah, it's it's more popular than ever. So, uh, I I do think the season 
as it's going on now, I think there's going to be a little bit of national narrative surrounding all of the people who want to pump their fists because they think Jimmy G's the the better player anyways. And and we you we've already started to see that come out, even with even with fans. Like there was a I I, I think going back to what you said really early on, which is people hate risk. And when Jimmy is there, I think people feel a little bit more calm because they can predict what's going to happen because we've seen it. And we haven't we did we haven't seen it with Trey. So we don't know if Trey's gonna throw three picks or we don't know if Trey's gonna hit a couple of uh, 60 yard plays, right? So the the those who who are comfortable with Jimmy, it's because they know, okay, I know what Jimmy's gonna do. And I sat there in the second half and I was just shaking my head because I was like, okay, that Jimmy came in and he did the the good Jimmy stuff for the you know those first two drives. I know bad Jimmy is coming. I just hope that bad Jimmy doesn't kill us. And thankfully it didn't kill us because the Seattle's not good enough right right now right. For, for it to kill us. But bad Jimmy was there. He 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 did not have a good second half. And part of the reason why they couldn't run the football is because once they saw Jimmy under center. They're like, oh, run play. <laughs> we know Damn. what's coming. Mm-hmm. And then and then they see Jimmy and shotgun and they go, oh, pass play. We know what's coming. So that that is another part of this. I think Kyle has his work cut out for him to kind of go backward a little bit in 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 the offense because he's now ha- he now has to build the game plan around a completely different quarterback. And let's not take uh, for granted, the fact that I think they really expected Ayuk to explode, and Ayuk is now more of a possession receiver with Jimmy there. Uh, Danny Gray, his I mean, who is Danny Gray without a quarterback who can actually throw the ball down the field? Set, you know, Ray, who we may- even attempt to throw the ball down the right. field? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that. Um, that Shanahan's going to have to fix. And they, they they built an offense designed to take advantage of Trey's strengths. And now you kind of have to go a little bit backward in, in, in what you want to do. Um, thanks to Shel- uh, Shelvin and, and Justin for checking us out. Uh, you know, I think 49er fans, you know, the, the, you said something last week about the fan base being very loyal but you know, maybe not the smartest NFL fan base, and that's it's a generalization. But yeah. I started to think about that because the second that injury happened, uh, there was a lot of people just like, "Let's not start the Jimmy negativity." He's got to be. I'm just like, this dude gets paid a lot of money to play yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to feel sorry for mm-hmm. Jimmy G because he's back on the football field. There's no, we don't need to protect this guy. You know, he's a tough dude. He's, he's not, he's not a, uh, a, a, a guy who is, is very sort of reactive and defensive and sensitive to the, to the commentary. So for Denner fans, like Jimmy can take it. Like he's, he, he gets paid a lot of money to play this very prestigious uh, position and he made the smart decision to stay back on this team rather than, you know, take a giant pay cut. And maybe he would have been competing with Geno Smith for for this job on this really what I thought to be a pretty poor Seattle team. I mm-hmm. like I, I was reading through uh, some some of the articles and just in preparation for the game, and like even the beat writers were like. Yeah, you know, we got these young safeties now that Jamal Adams isn't playing. And then, oh, you got these young tackles. And, you know, Pete Carroll's super rah-rah. Oh, we're going to be fine. Rah-rah. You know, they're going to play their butts off. Rah-rah. And I was sitting there going like, okay, this team is not that good. They really lucked out uh, in week one getting that W. And I think the 49ers are going to put it to them. And, you know, they they did to an extent. um, But... I think the full 49er team that Kyle Shanahan wants to put out there, they probably win 40 to nothing really yeah. for, from the Seattle team that I saw. And you know, the Niners won 27 to seven. The defense played well. It only gave up a special teams uh, touchdown, but I do think the, 
the explosiveness and the ceiling of what this team could be does take a step back. Now, is it going to be more consistent? Probably because they, you know they won't they won't have as 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 many risky plays. But at the same time, in the NFL, I mean, we see it day in and day out. Like how many of these games today were just these giant comebacks? The Dolphins, you know, and you can't do that when you have to run on first and second down all the time. So yeah. it, it, it's 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 not the it's not what I wanted to see this year because I was really interested to see, you know, Shanahan's full display. He's got the quarterback that he wants. What's the, you know, what is he going to do with it? He's the the QB genius. And then it, it's back to what we had now. Again, not, not, a, this isn't a Jimmy G, this isn't a G, dis Jimmy G uh, show, but I, I am disappointed and, and sad for Trey. But we're lucky that, that it's not Brock Purdy out there at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You know, so, what is like I say? I am I'm not here to bash Jimmy G, but I will I'll concede that maybe he gives this team a higher floor, but the ceiling is so much lower. I don't know if anybody was watching watching the early games, but you look at Baltimore with Lamar. And the way he impacts the running game and the way they run the ball and the way that the opportunity, because you have to, you can't, you just can't against that team. You can't sit in too high. If you don't bring a safety down into the run game, they're just going to, they'll just ground, they'll just run you into the ground. Similar to our team, you you can't you can't play too high, and you won't play too high with Jimmy. Why? Why would you? Um, why would he's not he's not challenged? DBs aren't even coming out of their backpedal against him. Yeah, but you know, with even if Trey was not as efficient as Jimmy, he gave you the threat of the deep passing game. Yeah, which and, and they are. Um, they correlated. If you have to play for the deep pass, it, you know, it's pick your poison. Do you bring that safety down to try to defend the run? Or do you leave him back to play against the deep pass? Either way, you know, you're giving Kyle options. And those are simply just options that aren't there with Jimmy. Jimmy's not going to. We've seen it. I. It, you know, 7% of his passes are 20 plus. That's just, you know, that's, that, that is just in, in an offense like this, that is just not enough. So while you had mentioned people feel comfortable because they know what we're getting with Jimmy, I'm uncomfortable because I know <laughs> what we're getting with Jimmy. And, you know, it, it could end up, you know, High side, it could end up with us in the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Do, but we, I've seen that show, and I've seen how it ends. I was hoping to get to the Super Bowl and have something else in the bag, but you know, you know, maybe Jimmy plays a perfect game. And we win a Super Bowl, and that would be awesome. I'm yeah. hoping for that. I, I, I really am hoping for that. And then <laughs> you have to think about, you know, with Jimmy, there's also the injury risk that is yeah. always there in the background. Yes. Which you talk about Brock Purdy, that that is a scary proposition, my friend. That's a scary proposition. So. I, I'm hoping for the best. I really am. I am really hoping for the best. But I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of in mourning right now. Yeah, no. I, you know, and it's not just about the football. Trey, Trey Lance, young dude. Uh, you hate to see somebody, you know, the, I, who I compared it to uh, for Warriors fans, uh, James Wiseman. Like James yeah. Wiseman, a number two pick in the NBA draft, gets hurt can't play tries to come back knees still giving him problems this is going to be his first year where he's really uh coming into a, a training camp because the first year that he played uh he didn't even have it really a training camp so um i think because the right after covid so did mm -hmm. this is you know it, it's, it's pretty sad for him but trey's also young 
He's a he's a pretty strong dude. Uh, Shanahan said during the press conference that when he went to go talk to him after the game, Trey's questions were about some of the plays that he had versus, oh, you know, he's feeling sorry for him or anything. It was just about football. So, uh, you know, he's, I think he's going to be good. I, you, you do worry a little bit about just, you know, you'd love to have a, a 21 year old Trey Lance with reps under his belt rather than a 23-year-old Trey Lance with uh, only a few, which is, goes back to my, my James Wiseman comparison. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's like like you had mentioned. Like it, I, I think the, the Wiseman comparison is really on point because with Wiseman and where we'll be with Trey is through no fault of his own, you know, we look at him like his development is – not where it should be or has been stunted, you know, because it has, but I mean, it's, you know, Wiseman, I'm sure he doesn't want to be injured. Um, And, you know, Trey didn't, didn't want to have a COVID season, you know, in his final college year, you know, you know, it it is what it is with Jimmy and being having a no trade and having twenty seven million dollars guaranteed salary just made more sense to, you know, keep him as the quarterback. So you don't start him last year. Comes in now he's hurt. So it's just so now we're year three and it's like you know you kind of like Wiseman. You're looking at him like you know kind of sideways, but you know through you know just circumstance really. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's, you know, that's a story for another day. But we won. We won, <laughs> We y'all. did. We did. You know, hooray. <laughs> so, so my, my, Mike Hager, thanks for turning in. I 100% disagree with this because uh, Mike says that Trey will be lucky to start another game. Unless they cut my man's foot off. Like, I, I think he's, he's going to be all right. He's too young. He's too talented. And they have too much invested in him at the same time for them to just give up on him. Uh, okay, so one, I wanted, before we talk about the rest of this game uh i wanted to run this comment here or I'll, I'll show it to the folks on video and i'll i'll read it for for those who aren't watching on video richard sherman our friend richard sherman our friend and enemy uh, over the years he says he wrote on twitter this is right when trey got hurt by the way he wrote there are a lot of coaches frowning right now that they will face Jimmy G facing a rookie who is learning the position has its challenges, but Jimmy knows this offense and can run it efficiently and effectively. I hope 49er fans can come together and support both QBs. Now, the reason why I think Richard Sherman has an interesting perspective is because he played the 49ers during this transition from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick and him and Kaepernick weren't necessarily best of friends, but he also saw it on his own team when Russell Wilson took over that position. So he knows, he, he kind of knows the deal when it comes to having the, the player who's kind of cemented there and then the up and coming player. Uh, and he kind of was like, you know, the coaches are probably a, a, a little more worried about Jimmy just because he understands what to do. And that goes back to the risk and reward and, and, uh, and stuff and predictability that we talked about. But what do you think about what, what uh, Richard Sherman said there? Well, I mean, the status quo, I mean, there, there, there's something, there's a thing again, I've, we, I've discussed this online before and I, I, I don't know if everybody else sees it, but I do. There is there's a shift happening in the in, in the NFL, and I compare it a lot to what happened six or seven years ago in the NFL. The quarterback position continues to change, and I see it. You know, I've got a nephew who's a high level cop. I mean high school athletes. So I watch a lot of high school football. I love college football and you just see it at that level. And you, the, the, the way the position is being played, the rules of the position, the way defenders are being coached, it's just different than even five years ago in the NFL. Um, Quarterback play is changing. These guys, either the, the the hybrid freaks that we're seeing now, they are they're gonna be the norm because when you look in the pipeline, 
you, you know, I, I, I've asked and nobody has been able to show me. Show me the cement shoe pocket passers at any level of football today. They they just don't exist. Everybody, the the Manning, the next Manning is more Archie than he is Peyton and Peyton or Eli. That that is just the prototype. So, a lot of people have you know the 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 establishment has problems changing. Yeah, they believe that the way that it's always been done, and you hear it every time I bring this up. The last twenty years. The, you know, blah, blah, blah has been a pocket passer. A mobile quarterback can't win a Super Bowl. Just like you got to have a post player and shooting <laughs> 25 threes. You can't win a championship shooting 25 threes. And you got to have a dominant post player. You could probably still use those stats in the NBA right now and say the last in the last 25 years, X number of teams have had a dominant play, post player and didn't shoot 25 threes a game. Except when you look at the way the game is being played today, that model just doesn't jibe with the reality of today's game. And I think we're getting to a point where soon enough, You'll still have those stats and you'll be able to point to Tom Brady or Matt Stafford or, you know, whoever, Kirk Cousins. But the reality of the game will be different. So, again, while those stats will still technically be factual, they won't reflect the reality. This game, the NFL becomes more and more like seven on seven every week. You know, it's just that's just the. It's just it's an evolution and everybody loves it. TV loves it. Gambling loves it. Nobody's out here trying to have no six, three <laughs> defensive struggle. Ain't nobody trying to play that game no more. You know, yeah. so that, you know, so to answer around on the way to your question, Richard Sherman is talking about the establishment defensive coordinators. You know, because you hear those there was those those comments that were coming out right as training camp was opening about different, um, you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and, you know, defensive coordinator X says we figured blah, blah, blah out. They, they don't, they're not here for a, a new paradigm. They want to keep things the way they were. They want, everybody to be Mac Jones. They want everybody to, you know, they want 50 dropbacks a game. They, they, they don't, they don't know what to do with um, Justin Fields and um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. Kyler Murray and Mahomes. They, they, they don't, you know, that's not, you know, I heard Boomer the, the other day talking and he doesn't, he can't, what can he give me in terms of <laughs> analysis about the way these dudes play? He, he, nothing, you know, so it's kind of like self-preservation for him. Hell, he wants status quo to stay the same so that he can stay relevant. Terry Bradshaw <laughs> said exactly. the same thing at halftime, exact, the, the exact same thing about how, Oh, you know, everyone wants these new quarterbacks, and I just like the guys who just drop back and let it fly. And I was like, okay, I know, I know what I know what decade you were born in, just yeah. based off of that comment. Uh, okay, so let's talk about a little bit about the other side. It was very clear to me that it is good for Russell Wilson to be out of this uh, this division. Now, the, the Russell Wilson that we saw the other night. May not be the one that that has been in our nightmares constantly, but I was still so much happier playing Geno Smith. And this is not even a shot at Geno Smith because Geno Smith did not lose this game for Seattle. But there were moments in this game where it was third and seven or whatever, you know, third and long. And those would be the downs that I would be so scared of because. 49ers uh, ends would would pin their ears back and they would rush and they would get to Wilson and he'd slip away 
and we'd see something like what we saw with uh, Hufanga uh, last week, where a wide receiver would just get open and then and then he'd make a big play. And there wasn't any of that on uh, uh, this week. So I was very happy to to see that already uh, for this rivalry. Not having Russ there was fantastic for us. And look, that they don't have the the same talent on both sides of the ball that they used to. And Pete Carroll, I imagine he will try and turn this into some sort of like uh, inspirational kind of year. But I also think deep down is it, he's just going to be pulling his hair out. Like we already saw it on that pass interference play. He's going nuts. And I was like, mm, by the rules of the game, like this is a pass interference, like very clearly. But he was trying to like, you know, fire up his young team or what, whatever he was trying to do. But um I'm I'm just happy that that dude is not Seattle's quarterback anymore. Well, I've been, you know, number one, I've been on wax since March when I was when people were talking about Jimmy going there. I think the only reason why Seattle would not want Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback is if they're playing for Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or um Tyler McKee. And I firmly believe that they are going to, they will be in the top five, top three of the NFL draft this year. It's they just, they're not a good football team. Yeah. And Gino, Gino is what Gino is. He, you know, you know, unfortunately he never really got his shot to be a starter. You know, apparently if the rumors are true, you know, through, you know, his own fault. He was ran, running his mouth too much and got his jaw broke. But um, <laughs> that is, you know, that is the story of Geno Smith. He's a, he, he clearly is not, he's not a scrub, but like you said, you know, there was so many times back in the, you know, in the Harbaugh era where the defense would defend it just beautifully. And then Russ would just kind of slip out and boom, hit us for 15. And, you know, just those plays are just really demoralizing to a team. When you defend it, you do it exactly how you draw it up. And then a guy just makes a play. And, um, you know, but like you say, I was was never really in fear of that today. No. Um, You know, know, I mean, he he reminded me a lot of Jimmy. Yeah. You know, he 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 is he'll make. He'll make the right play. He, you know, by and large, keeps the ball out of harm's way. But I had posted it in the group this morning. I knew he was going to throw at least two because there's no way in hell. He, he threw the ball 28 times with no picks um, last week. There's no way he's going to go 50 throws without an interception. I, You know, it just wasn't going to happen. It, You know, it, statistically, it just, you know, he's just not that guy. And they're just not that team. Um, and our defense is good. So it was just, it. I could not believe, in, you know, we were, um, I love Dominic Foxworth, by the way. And he was talking about, in, in his show last week, he was talking about how we tend to overreact to week one. And it's so true, you know, I couldn't believe how many people in our group were talking about taking the 10 points with Seattle. Like there was, you know, after rewatching our game, you know, we played way better than if we didn't shoot ourselves on the foot, we played way better than the score indicated. And Seattle didn't play anywhere near as good as you would have thought they did based on, the you know the reports come you know hell Geno Smith was like the poster boy on the the front of ESPN you know the ESPN <laughs> website you know I mean this is it to me it was crazy talk that um that you you if you're gonna bet that game you bet the Niners or you don't bet it you, there's no way I would have ever laid points with they're just a bad football team on the road it's just it just it, it was nonsense talk to me but. They the Niners did what they were supposed to do. Debo, that dude, he had like I'm looking at my sheet now. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. By my count, eight broken tackles. Like one, two, three, four, five first downs. He was just he was a menace. He was he was absolutely a menace today. Um, 
He's that dude. <laughs> Are, aren't you a little worried, though, that the majority, I th- maybe even all of his passing yardage came from screens? Like, the, yeah. he, did, he did not run downfield once, as far as I, I can remember. Yeah, I, I, I did not track his routes, but I, I would, you know, just off memory, I I, I would agree with you that I don't, I don't remember really him um I don't, I don't remember him being targeted on anything. So I, you know, it's hard to when you're you know looking, if you know the coverage is so ball dominant, it's hard for me yeah. to on first watch to be tracking. I know some people can do it, but I I have a problem, you know, tracking. That's one of, yeah, that's one of the best things about going to games live is you can see all that develop, whereas you can't really see it on TV. Yeah. Um, and you know the other thing, the. Four Niners didn't have Kittle, though Dwelly's the the one who who gets open for uh for the the long play. Wide open. Wide open. Uh and I, you know, that was that was a great play call. And he they he he was so wide open. Kittle is not back yet. Hopefully next week. So they'll sort of have, you know, the their full receiving talent out there. Uh, but what'd you think about the running game? Uh I thought Jeff Wilson Jr. was uh good. I wouldn't say great. Uh, I thought he, um, you know, he hit those holes pretty good in that first half. And then also uh, Ty Davis price got a lot more action than I would have thought that he was going to get. And uh, you know, Debo's the one with the big hit. He hits the big play. Ultimately, I feel like the running game, they they got a lot of yards on the ground, but they didn't hit some of those, those big runs that that they usually hit and i don't know if that's because of the the change in qb and thus sort of the change in 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 those plays or you know should we not expect the explosiveness to come out of that backfield with with wilson and and price well i i really like the the juice that they ran with they i thought they they ran well and i thought i thought they 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 got the yards that the that the um, offensive line created for them. Like you said, I you know there were a couple runs where I think Wilson got a little extra, but um, they just didn't feel like they were close to like busting any wide open. And again, I just don't know if if the you know I I can't recall just in watching if it was because the opportunity wasn't there excuse me, or if they um, miss some opportunities, but it would, I'll get to watch it on review when I, you know, watching them specifically, you know, the, with the all 22, it makes it easier to just kind of focus on each individual player to see what they're doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I, I think they, you know, I think for Ty Davis price for his first NFL exposure, I think he, he he acquitted himself well. Um, the running game they they're doing, they are really they're running the ball really well. And I just I believe that in the beginning, you know, the quarterback being a threat um, really opened things up. But it'll be interesting to see with Jimmy back under under center if they can continue. To I think last week it was um, four point six per carry. And I mean, I don't know what it was today. I, I don't have the stats up, um, but it'll be interesting to see if we're able to maintain that level of production um, moving forward, because it just sets everything else up. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see if I can get the uh, yards per carry. Now the the NFL website is a little wonky right now but um yeah i was i was logged into espn but then it started playing sound and stuff. <laughs> yeah i, I know to... I, that's what i hate about espn yeah. uh, they they want to play those videos so that they they can sell those to advertisers as oh look it's playing and i'm like trying to figure out how to stop it like i don't want yeah, it to exactly. play yeah and i so... don't want to paul i don't want to mute me <laughs> <laughs> wilson was uh 4.7 uh debo was 13.3 Trey was 4.3. Interesting that they don't have uh TDP here. So I don't know what he did, but you know, it's probably similar. 
maybe a little bit more than than last week as far as uh, yards per carry. Uh, and and yeah, you know, I the I, I guess. Have, do you see how many how many um how many attempts how many rushing attempts was it today? The the, the team stats is what's not oh, working yeah. for for NFL.com gotcha. yeah. right now. Um, and yeah, like you know, and and then Juice Check, you know, he had the two carries for one t- for for uh one yard and and one touchdown, and Jimmy was four for five and the one touchdown. Um, yeah, ultimately I think they're going to have to have different looks with Jimmy, uh, more runs out of shotgun, uh, more, you know, more passes out of a normal set him, him behind center, because that's definitely what I saw in the second half is Seattle just knew what was coming. It was just, they just had to stop. And sometimes they did like in the third quarter, I thought they stopped the run pretty well, but then in the fourth quarter, the, the Niners just had the ball too much and the defense was on the field and they were able to kind of run it down their throat. Okay, we spent this whole time at this podcast talking about offensive stuff. The defense gave up zero points. The only touchdown that Seattle scores is off of a blocked, chippy field goal that uh, looks like Ross Dwelly kind of got mixed up on trying to block two guys and a guy flew in and, and blocked it, and then they and then they scored, and that was the only real highlight for Seattle. And sort of underscored in this whole game is how this defense bounced back after last week giving it up, giving it up in the second half. Uh, what were your I don't thoughts? Know. Well, first thought is I don't know what it is in the water, but um, Seattle and their special teams against us are always making plays. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, you know, it, it, it is a, re, you know, a recurring theme with them. So that was just kind of par for the course, but the defense, man, I, you know, just seeing them in camp, it was like, they, they were playing with a different edge. That dude, uh, Moody Ward, he just seemed kind of like the Pied Piper with those guys. He, he plays and, and kind of carries himself with a kind of swag. And then you kind of saw, you know, Mosley and Ward and everybody just kind of following suit yeah. um, with the way they played. And they just gave our offense hell all summer long. And um, you, it's good to see that um, it is because they the defense played well last week, um, with, you know, save for. You know, the penalties and the um, lapses, you know, just the lapses in discipline. But, you know, Chicago couldn't pass the ball at all. They couldn't run run the ball either. They couldn't do anything. (laughs) It was, you know, like like you had pointed out last week in the the postgame, you know, they figured out that what we're going to do is we're going to try to make plays with – Justin Fields, we're just gonna you know get him moving, yeah, and see see what we can what we can find. And unfortunately, they had a, a few blown coverages, and um, he made some plays, but um, they they didn't really give up much in terms of you know just lining up and then being able to to do anything really. And it was the same thing this week. I mean, they they couldn't they couldn't move the ball at all, and you know Bosa was a beast and yeah you know i counted you know i think the the bro at one point i had missed some but you know at the broadcast was like they had 10 quarterback hits and a bunch of hurries and it was they were just you know they were really getting after it, it and you know i i think that's who they are i think you know we're gonna go as far as this defense and running game can carry us yeah. Now I think Hufanga is going to be tested a little bit more next week because I imagine uh, Russell Wilson will will attempt to throw the ball downfield at least a little bit more than these first two games because you know they're not they're not really going they're not really trying to push the ball downfield that's not how these offenses work but how do you think last week he had this tremendous game this week he's on TV like. Uh, uh, who, who's the the color the color guy? Mark? Shur- how do you pronounce? Mark? Yeah, but he was saying how you know Hufunga's like his new best friend and stuff. So he's on. He's making plays. He looks like he's uh, in all the action. 
but we haven't seen anybody test the Niners downfield yet. And that we know that that's his, uh, the, 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 the lesser part of his game. How did you think he played today? He, he played well. I mean, I had him down for, um, you know, he, he had one pass defense. Um, yeah, he, he, I thought, I thought he played, you know, it wasn't as impactful as last week where it just seemed like, you know, he missed a couple plays, but it just seemed like he was every time he was making wild, you know, splash plays. Um, and you know, nobody, we, we don't, I didn't expect him to do that every week, but he, you know, if you, if you, he's been in situations the last two weeks that um, highlighted his strengths, like you say, there's, there was nobody was really putting him in a bind where he was playing out in space or where he um, had to cover a slot guy or anything like that. And those are, those are the things, those are questions with him. Um, And I'm sure, you know, with Denver's, receivers although i i didn't i didn't watch the game but just looking at the ticker it looked like they struggled again today they were stuck on like nine points for the longest time and then i saw russ um made a play in the fourth quarter to give them the lead but um it it seems like they're kind of having a hard time figuring out you know how to get how to unlock those receivers It, it it appears that they're running the ball well um, but, um, you know, they, the passing game has not come along yet. So I don't, you know, I'll watch them again this weekend, you know, in preparation for this, but, um, and then look at their numbers and see, but I would imagine with the talent they have a receiver, that yeah. that would be a test bigger test for our secondary this week. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because my wife, when she was watching the game last week, the announcers, I like. I'm not even sure how to pronounce Hufanga's first name very well, but the announcers like zoom through it because they probably don't know how mm-hmm. to pronounce it. And so she's like, "Wait, is his first name Telenovela?" I was like, "No, it's not." But I, I, I it's, it does sound like they say that yeah. when they say his first name. Um, okay, so going into uh, going into next week, um, we'll, we'll actually we'll we'll do our prediction. Or just discuss Denver uh, in a second here. But uh, who was your player of the game? Um, Debo. Debo or Jimmy? I am leaning Bosa. He had two sacks. Okay, he did have two sacks. And you know, you most of the almost every game he plays, you can sort of just pencil him you in just, as like a top three guy. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, I really liked. He when he's on the field, you just have a good. Now we've known what it's been like to watch Niner teams and have like no pass rush at all, and you're like, oh, there's like no nothing happening. When he's on the field, you feel like he's going to disrupt the quarterback almost on every snap, and uh, and so that is something as far as the comfort when 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 you watch this team, just knowing their ability to get to the passer it, it feels like wow like that, that it almost feels like that's kind of the start of what a good defense is because that's that's what we see that that's what the camera zoomed on the quarterback and so when when he's you get to see a lot of bosa just by watching the defense and that guy man you know there there's a couple times where sometimes the best way to block bosa is to kind of olay him and let his own momentum cause him to over pursue and even sometimes fall. Like there was a moment late in the game and he still almost got to Gino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he gets like, right up. He gets right up. He hits the ground cause he over pursued and the, and the, the guys kind of pulled, pulled the olay on him. But man, just watching him, watching him get after that quarterback is so fun to see. You know, we've seen we've. It's not that we haven't seen great pass rush. Like Charles Haley is the mm-hmm. same way, right? Like you get to see Haley out there, and you're like, "Gosh, this guy is a, a demon speed of an athlete from that position." But Bosa and rookie oh, Alden Smith, yes, that dude was a beast. Yeah, so but, we've had um, some good yeah. ones too, but mm-hmm. Bosa's right up there with some of the, know, the best guys I, that they've had. You made a comparison earlier with Trey and Wiseman. To me, I I, I was thinking about it last week that um I could I, 
Bosa is kind of like Steph-like with the gravity that his presence, the whole defense, even when he's not involved in the play, he's involved in the play because everything they have to, you know, you can tell the offense has to account for him and everything is set up to account for him, which creates opportunities for everybody else to eat. Um, so he he is a monster, and like you said, he could probably be the player of the game every week. I just Debo was so impactful with um the way he played, and then Jimmy, you know, the way he came in and just calmed everything right down. at the ship. Yeah, he didn't, you know, he made a bunch of first downs. He um didn't make any big big mistakes. Um, you know, he he settled everything down and. You know, I think he deserves credit for that. That was, um, you know, that was very important for not letting things kind of, you know, especially you know, after that, that fluky score, you know, it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But, um, you know, he the team didn't they didn't flinch and, you know, just, you know, just kept on doing what they were doing, you know, so that that. That was good to see. That was good to see. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was a good. You know, a lot of guys had good games, um, but those were you know Bosa with the two sacks and then Debo, and I got to say, when I look at on my little check sheet of all you know of just you know plays, you know first downs and missed broken tackles and um, the like, you know Jimmy and Debo. They they kind of jump out with um, those type of plays. So yeah, but but it was a good performance, and I, I, I you know I can't wait to rewatch and kind of dig into you know the advanced stats and see what they tell us about what happened. Uh, all right, so now let's uh, look ahead to Sunday night. It's Sunday night, right? They play Sunday Oof. night. I'm not sure. I think it's Sunday night. Uh, against I can play golf all day. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, at first, I thought it was Monday night, but um, I think it is Sunday night. So we get the primetime game, the big Sunday night NBC game. Um, yeah, so Sunday, September 25th, 5.20 p.m. in Denver. So the Niners go to Denver, which can, you know, can cause some issues uh, just teams so they'll be all lathered up by um by game time the crowd will be oh yeah ready yes <laughs> so looking at russ today you mentioned that he did not have a good game 14 of 31 passing for 219 yards against the plucky houston texans uh javante williams had a had a pretty good game uh and they you know they got that sort of the dual back system with him and gordon and from a receiver standpoint, uh, Cortland Sutton uh, had a big game. And it sounds like, um, according to Shelvin, Shelvin said that I think Judy left the game. So sh- so Shelvin, who's who's watching, let us know that, that Judy got hurt. Mm. But I, I don't sense that Russ is going to have a poor game again. Not only is it the 49ers, but it is also week three for him to sort of figure some things out. And so I, I would imagine we're going to get a really good Russ. They have an interesting offense, um, but so far two games, I, I would say not, not to say you're ever disappointed in, in winning, but you know, I'm sure Denver, Denver fans thought when they were getting Russ, Oh, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of up and coming and this is what we want, but probably a little disappointing after two weeks to see how they are playing. But I I do expect them to to play really well against the 49ers at home, big stage. Russ is like we said, Russ is, you know, he was in our nightmares for the longest time. And uh he's probably uh he's probably re- he he's probably circling this game as well. So yeah. um I, I expect a, a really good football game. I think the 49ers are, are still the better team. But we'll see when it you know comes to Sunday night in Denver. What do you what do you think about Denver? Well, I, you know their defense have they have a lot of players on defense. Um, you know Bradley Chubb is real good, and you know so 
getting after the quarterback is, you know, protecting the quarterback will, um, you know, be a paramount, which today Draymond Jones had two sacks today for them. Yeah. It, it, you know, which today it didn't really come into play that much. Um, I don't, I don't recall, you know, on my sheet, I don't have anybody giving up any pressures. Um, and maybe I missed it, but um, it, it it didn't seem like there was you know any um, distress in the past game today. So I I would think that might be a little different because that's you know that it just it's gonna I think that's gonna be an ongoing theme for us throughout the year is how we're able to hold up um, in you know versus you know good pass rushes. Um, and then, you know, like you talked about just passing the ball, you know, and getting our receivers out into routes and targeting them, um, you know, especially down. I'm not going to say down the field because I, I, I know what that is. But, you know, Jimmy completed a pass outside the numbers today. That was awesome. Um, so he, he and his best throw may have been the one. Uh, Ayuk dropped, or he couldn't hold on to. It was, it was going to be a hard catch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was maybe Jimmy's best throw all yeah, day. That I was thought. a good throw, but yeah, that that was a, a that was a, a, a tough try for Ayuk. So it's hard to say that he should have caught it, but um, it, it would have been a real good catch. But yeah. it was a great throw. It was a good throw. It was a good throw. Yeah. So I, you know, while I'm tempering expectations, I, I don't expect at this point. I don't expect Jimmy to be anything different than he's ever been but you know if we could just you know kind of mitigate bad jimmy keep just keep him to a minimum and um you know but again i've been here before <laughs> in this group with like alex smith if he could just be just a little <laughs> bit more aggressive but yeah. you know that you know that, it, clearly that's just not who he is yeah. so um, you know, you want him to be comfortable and be who he is. Um, but, um, yeah, so hopefully he can just take advantage of the opportunities that Kyle schemes up and then we can keep continue to keep running the ball effectively and shorten the games and the defense can, you know, keep keep teams bottled up. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I don't know, I'm not ready really to predict yet, but, you know, I feel confident going into next week yeah it should be a good it should be a good football game no matter yeah. what um also niners go sunday night to monday night because they have the rams in week four on monday night football in santa clara so that's gonna be a good that's game be, that's rams a good tried game. to give that game the rams tried to give that game away today uh-huh. i you know i didn't watch all of it and i i i will at some point but um they haven't looked great. <laughs> no. They, again, Buffalo was really good. I don't. I don't know what was going on today. That the, you know, it looked like they were handling the Falcons, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's the NFL. Though it was, you know, you look up and it's a, you know, the Falcons are. This is what I keep, this is what I keep telling people: is the NFL has adjusted their rules so that the comeback is always there because the best way for them to get the television ratings is for close games. So it is paramount for them to create opportunities for these close football games. And so that, that just the rules are sort of built that way. Like you saw the Niners late in, in this game, uh, you know, they're just sitting back and everything is underneath and all it takes is for one missed tackle. And, and, you know, you could, you could uh, get a, get a big play. It's just that's just the way that it that it's been that it ha- you know these blowout games where teams are you know getting killed. It's it's not good for the league because they lose the television viewers. You know that gets the the channel changed for them. So the, it, every all the rules are built for these games to be close and pretty smart to me. And, and also those of us who have been gamblers for I went to you I went to UNLV. So I started gambling <laughs> heavily at 17 years old. So I'm 33 years into the game, but it is uncanny how close 
um, bookmakers are able to to set that line and how many games every Sunday are going down to the wire, even if they aren't, you know, competitive in terms of winning and losing, they are right on the number in terms of the book. And that goes hand now the gambling is legal. That kind of goes hand in hand with these, you know, games being competitive generally means if the game is competitive, generally, you know, wagers are in question late. So, which and also uh, you have all of this, uh, ability to bet through online. And so you can go, you know, so late into the games and these different ways to bet these days, the, cl- the closer these games are, the, the more the action, I'm sure. I, you know, I look, I, on my screen, I'm watching, I keep up the live odds from DraftKings, even though I can't bet, but you like, you see, you can see the way the lines are moving. There's action going on all through the game. And, you know, like you say it, when they're competitive, it keeps people engaged, which is just good, which is good revenue as a revenue stream for the league. So it's all, you know, it's, it's all good. Everything is thumbs up for the NFL in terms (laughs) of, um, their business model. Exactly. All right. Uh, we may have, uh, my buddy who, uh, does the, the Thompson to Clark, Brad Evans. I, I, I talked to him about the Monday night game. So maybe we'll get, his Rams perspective after uh, that oh, Monday night game with us. So that, that could be fun. That would do, mm-hmm. do a three person pod. That'd be All right. Awesome. All right. So we're good for here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I guess after the, the sat, the Sunday night game. So it'll be a I'm late good. Night. I'll be, I'll be ready to go. Um, I appreciate everybody who came in and um, took the time to spend a little time with us. To talking about this stuff i i again i'm just so happy i i i spend an inordinate amount of time <laughs> dealing with this stuff and now it feels like this gives me an outlet that kind of you know pays pays it off yeah for me. yeah you get to use the the learnings and the wisdom yeah that, instead that of just ranting at people on Facebook, <laughs> people who don't really care. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's it from here. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday night after the 49ers and Broncos. So for Rod, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace, Peace. out.